Hey, this is Matthew Lilly. Welcome to the Presence Pioneers podcast. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to today's episode. You know, it's been over a year now since COVID-19 just crashed into our world and totally transformed our way of life with this global pandemic. And it really disrupted so so much of how we worshiped and prayed and gathered together as the church. And a lot of what that meant is that worship and prayer has gone online and people have begun to connect together online through video conferencing, Zoom, and prayer rooms that are virtual. And we're beginning to see this amazing interconnectedness of prayer groups happening online in ways we never have before. So even though we're not excited about what's happened with the pandemic, we love the way God has has stirred up creative solutions using technology to pray. And so there's an amazing 24-7 global prayer room that has been created called The Global Family. And I have Jonathan Frizz back on the podcast today, and we're going to talk about this global online 24-7, 365 prayer room uh, that has emerged. And I'm very excited to hear about what God's doing through this online virtual prayer room. Before we dive in with Jonathan today, just want to welcome anybody that's new to the podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. The Presence Pioneers podcast exists to equip you to host and experience the presence of God through day and night worship and prayer because we believe God's presence changes everything. And so we release episodes on Thursdays. They're either going to be short little Bible teachings or they're going to be extended interviews and conversations like what we're having today. So be sure to hit subscribe wherever you're tuning in so that you can track with us and get the latest episodes. You can also visit our website at presencepioneers.org. At any time, we have our entire episode archive up there. We have more information about our ministry. And you can also make a donation up there to just say thanks and support the podcast as well if you would like to do that. So Jonathan Frizz, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Matt. Great to be here. Yeah, well, you were on... Episode 16, I went back and looked it up. By the time this episode comes out, we'll probably be past episode 70 on the podcast. It's great to have you back. That's amazing, man. You were one of the OGs of the Presence Pioneer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a couple years. You're you're prolific in podcasting. That's pretty amazing. It's only been like a year and a half. I'm impressed that you've done that many episodes. Yeah. That's consistent. Yeah, yeah, we're, do, we're doing them every week now, but it's great to have you. We, we'll make sure to link back to the previous conversation we had, episode 16, in the show notes and in the description so people can go back and hear about the origin of your ministry 10 days and how you have this vision of seeing cities shut down to pray for 10 days at a time. It's amazing. A lot's happened since we last talked. <laughs> uh, we saw some cities shut down, didn't we? <laughs> we saw some cities shut down, yes. So... I really want to talk about this virtual prayer room that's happened, which is really awesome. But before we do that, let's just catch up a little bit. <laughs> Since you were last on the podcast, what what happened with 10 days? What happened last year? I know you were wanting to see cities pray for 10 days, shut down and go after God. And we kind of got hit by this pandemic. So maybe just give us a quick update on what's going on in your world. Yeah, last year was a, a pretty amazing year. God had given me this vision of seeing 120 cities joining together during the 10 days. So the 10 days is based on the fall Jewish feasts from the Day of Trumpets to the Day of Atonement, makes a 10-day period. 
and this vision God had given me years ago was that we were going to see whole cities stopping during that time to unite, come together in unity, and seek the face of God together, almost like a heaven meets earth reality um, at a citywide level, leading to, among other things, just an answer to Jesus' prayer in John 17, that there'd be genuine oneness among believers. And so that was our that's our overall vision. But last year specifically, felt like God was saying to have 120 locations and, you know, that was a big stretch for us. The year before, we'd had about 70. And um, I'm not really one for like, hey, let's let's go for like this number. Let's just make up a number. But God was pretty, I felt like the Lord was pretty insistent about it. Right. So when the pandemic hit, you know, it was, I think, discouraging in a lot of ways, put a limit on our ability to travel, mobilize, you know, do all kinds of things. And yet... You know, in a lot of ways, God really used it. We were just talking about this before we started recording. You know, it's easier to schedule a video call together than for us to travel to each other. Yeah. And, and so we saw a lot of, you know, mobilization happen on on Zoom and, and on conference calls and things like that. And then we just, we, we saw through some different partnerships with groups like uh, The Return, which was a National Solemn Assembly so a lot of new people get involved. Um, in general, I think, and I think you probably bear witness to this as well, different prayer networks, people were working together more than we'd maybe seen in the past. Yeah. And so, you know, really through the Lord working through these partnerships, we saw well over 120 locations join in 10 days last year. That's amazing. Super encouraging. About We, we were able to track about 155, but, wow. you know, we— we just weren't really sure. It got to kind of the point where we were like, we're not sure exactly how many are doing this, but that's incredible. Um, so that was super encouraging, and and just saw the Lord really move powerfully during those times. So many amazing testimonies um, that came out of those times. Yeah, and that was on a global basis. So it was in the U.S. and then also globally. That's amazing. So you had over 150 locations that were in some way, you know, focusing for 10 days in their city, prayer, fasting, unity, coming together to worship, pray, seek the Lord. Some of them I know were 24-7 during those 10 days. Some of them were gathering nightly, that kind of thing. That's incredible. Well, I mean, (laughs) who would have thought that it would have increased even beyond your expectations in a year like 2020 in in the midst of COVID? Yeah, COVID was good for the prayer business, I think. (laughs) (laughs) People got desperate. Yeah, I— I mean, I obviously we're not happy about what happened, but I do think it for sure it created a, a you know a sense of need, right? And it it also got us to slow down in our normal lives and re, like kind of like reprioritize. Okay, what's really important? Yeah. And so in both of those realms, I think it helped reduce people's barriers to oh, I can't get involved in something like this. Yeah, exactly. And you know, obviously, we weren't excited that cities shut down for the reasons they shut down, but it was kind of cool to see what could happen if a city shut down. And it, it also went just goes to show you that cities can shut down. <laughs> That's possible. Right, right. So, yeah, just to put, put it in context, I've been traveling around for 16 years with this crazy vision of cities shutting down. But, you know, in my vision, it was because of coming together for prayer, et cetera. Right, right. But, but you know, just that phrase, like cities, I've said that thousands and thousands of times. You know, it was kind of like, 
okay, this isn't what I saw in the vision, but it's right. similar enough. It caught people's attention yeah. and in a way was encouraging. I don't want cities to be shut down normally, except unless it's for prayer. Uh, yeah. But there was a measure of like, oh, okay, yeah, this is possible. This is, it's hard to explain what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> no, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I just think it was, you know, certainly God can use those little moments to just give you a little wink and just say, hey, you're on the right path. Like, you know, keep pressing on. And so. Definitely. So let's, let's shift gears a little bit and let's talk about, you know, this virtual prayer expression that's emerging. We did another episode, episode 32, where we talked about a global virtual burn that we did last year, last spring, where we did 168 hours of nonstop worship across the world, connected with the Burn 24-7 movement, where we had worshipers and intercessors from around the world that were live streaming. This new prayer ministry called Global Family uh, has emerged that you've helped launch. Tell us about how this got started. Yeah, you know, it really started, I, I have a good friend who's a longtime missionary, kind of a missionary, you know, mother in the faith, Liz Edlita. And Liz has worked with me on 10 days for a number of years. And so in 2019, she came up with this idea, what if we did a 10 days that was 24-7 on Zoom? And, you know, I'm a little bit of a Luddite. I'm not, you know, when when people get the new technology, I'm usually like the one who gets the hand-me-down version. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm immediately thinking like, I don't know, like I'd rather just pray in person with people and right. conference call prayer isn't as good. But it seemed like it could be the Lord. And so we had some conversations about it. Jason Hubbard from the International Prayer Council and America Praise was a part of those. And it turned out that Jason had already had a vision for these like online 24-7 prayer rooms. And he shared that. And something just happened in my heart where I was just like, yeah, this totally, we're totally going to do that. Uh, this is in 2019. So this is before COVID. Okay. And it just really excited me that the, doing these 10-day things could be part of kind of sewing into Jason's vision, which was larger and ongoing. Anyway, so we we prototyped it in 2019. You know, we probably had average of three to 10 people on there, but we did 24-7 prayer for 10 days. It was amazing. Like when, yeah. when I heard the testimonies afterwards, I was like, wow, people really had a 10 days experience. They experienced God moving in their lives, you know, just different. Everyone had a different story, but everyone had a story. Yeah, give us some of those. What, what were some of the things you saw? You know, just ones I, I remember from the first time. And, you know, it was just people talking about the unity that they experienced in the spirit with with other believers from other nations. Yeah. You know, just how it caught them by surprise. Um, people sharing about new revelation heart for different things that are on God's heart that had impacted them. You know, cool testimonies like, hey, we saw a new person saved every day of the 10 days. That was a that was a testimony. Like someone got saved every day. Wow. And just, you know, miraculous stories like, hey, he, you know, God healed me of a sickness or an illness or the intervention of God. It was just cool. And just people weeping, like not wanting it to end. We want to continue to do this. Things While like that. All on were, Zoom. All on Zoom, right. I mean. Yes. <laughs> That's incredible. Who, who, who who doesn't want Zoom to end? I mean, that's like, yeah, that's weird, right? That's a, that's a work of God. Yeah, yeah, kind of a cool thing happened before the pandemic. God led us. We usually do for ten days. We usually do a summit in the spring, and in 2020, 
in January, he led us not to do a summit, but instead to do a tw- another 24-7, 10 days on Zoom, kind of based around Pentecost. Yeah. And so when March hit, when COVID hit, I was like, Lord, that was a great idea. Right. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just to clarify, plenty of my life got interrupted, but that was one thing that didn't. And so yeah. I just felt like, wow, this must be really significant if the Lord kind of told us ahead of time to do it this way. Yeah. So we we saw basically like a tenfold growth in the number of participants. So instead of like, you know, three to seven to 10, we were seeing, you know, most hours 30 to 50, Wow. often even more, you know, during the spring. And, and obviously just people using the technology more and becoming, um, yeah, just more aware of it, more comfortable with it and stuck at home. So people yeah. are joining on whatever they can. Saw the same thing happen. It was like, wow, God really moved through this platform. We did another 10 days on Zoom that fall as we had done before. Once again, saw just greater increase in the number of people um, and really started to see a team that was emerging. And so Jason Hubbard and I, because every time we'd finish one, people would be like, let's keep going, let's keep going. And we're like, guys, we don't know if you know, 24-7 prayer is really hard. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) And so let's wait. But really, you know, sensing the Lord leading and then because of the, um, really the leadership team that was forming, we were like, wow, this God has assembled a great group of people um, that that are humble, highly competent, highly committed people we love working with. And so we took the faith step of trying to launch this thing and— we did on January 1st, and so, so far we've gone, uh, it looks like three whole months, 24-7, yeah. people from 45 nations, Wow! prayer happening in over 20 languages That's awesome. on the call. And the way it works is just we have 168 hours in a week, and so there's 168 different prayer groups and prayer leaders that kind of rotate hour by hour around the globe 24-7. Mm. And yeah, that's that's the global family twenty four seven prayer room. That's that's amazing. Are most of these people that are doing the hours individuals, or is it groups, or is it ministries, or churches? How does that work? It's variance on that. Like we we have uh, we've really encouraged people to have at least two or three other people that are in their group, you know, to help because if you think about it, over a year, so that it's corporate prayer, collective exactly. prayer, exactly, right. Yeah, it's never just one person in the room, or at least not that I'm aware of. It's yeah. So we hope that each group is bringing people in. I think most groups are bringing in people that are part, like that are committed to that hour. Yeah. So it's almost like you're mobilizing your own prayer group, but yeah. you're just doing it with 167 other people. So some are yeah. churches, some are like missions groups or missions organizations, and the focuses of the different hours are all different. We do have some overall themes, but people are, you know, a lot of people come with their own theme uh, that they yeah. like to pray into. Yeah, that's awesome. So how does it seem to be going? What, what kind of feedback are you getting so far? I'm honestly amazed at how smoothly it's going. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, both Jason and I have done a number of prayer rooms of different kinds in the past, and we were just kind of yeah. prepared for there's probably going to be some bumps and things we don't right. see. 24-7, 365 prayer from all over the world on Zoom. What could go wrong, right? Yeah, in a lot of languages. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be no problems. Um, and uh, yeah, so that I would say that's been my main takeaway, which is 
I think probably more of a testament to the team that we have than anything else. They've just done a great job. Mm. I'll see a, a thread. It's like, Hey, the zoom room shut down. And you know, by the time I see it, somebody's already fixed it, you know, just so there's a, a great team dynamic. The prayer is, is good. I mean, I think there's yeah. some ups and downs in terms of having that many groups involved. You know, you just may right. not, you may not know everyone as well. Not everyone's kind of been trained. So it's hard to form a common culture. Right. Some of the challenges, but overall, I think it's been really good. I mean, certainly times that I've been there, you know, just God is moving. We came on to, we have an hour on Wednesdays. It's afternoon time in the U.S. where we just uh, meditate on the book of Revelation. And so, you know, like sometimes we come on the hour before us, they're just like in anointed, travailing prayer. They kind of look up, they're like, oh, you guys are here. It's like, hey, we're here. Bless you guys. We take over, you know, God moves. And then sometimes that spills out, you know, it's like there's this exchange that's happening. But, but it is, you know, sometimes you think, I don't want to pray on Zoom. It's not, you know, it's like not as anointed maybe, or just maybe God isn't moving as much, but we've definitely experienced the Lord moving powerfully uh, through these times. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. So I would imagine each hour kind of probably takes on its own flavor, depending on who the who the leader is, like you said, it's kind of hard to get a common culture. I mean, we used to do that, experience some of that, and we would do burns because we would invite worship teams from different churches to come in and fill hours, and we kind of let them worship the way they like to worship. You know, we would do 24 hours of worship, and one hour you'd have hymns, and then the next hour you'd have a youth band that's got their electric guitars real loud and noisy, (laughs) and then you'd have, you know, a, a gospel group with a little choir, and it was like, you know, it was beautiful, but it was a little messy at the same time. So I'm, I'm guessing you guys are probably experiencing some of some of that same thing. Yeah, yeah. I think it's I think it's like that. That's beautiful description, and we have similar dynamics too during ten days of <laughs> what right. you're describing. Sure, but we do do a couple things. Like I like to say, there's two kinds of people in prayer. There's the people that are just like, "Tell me what to pray. Tell me what we're doing." Yeah, and then there's the people who are like. Don't you dare tell me what, what I'm doing. <laughs> so we we provide like resources for people who just are like, hey, I just want to know what we're doing. Yeah. I think you're describing like prophets and teachers, basically the <laughs> the difference between those the, two. The, the, I think that's probably right. That's a, that's a, I had never thought of that, but that's insightful. Yeah. Yeah. Some I mean, some people are just like, I just want to know what we're doing. And then others are yeah. like, nope, we know what we're doing. If you try yeah. and control me. This isn't going to work. And uh, we honor and respect both of those kinds of people. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's been yeah. good. We do have a that's weekly great. time where we pray together. We call it church. So it happens Friday <laughs> <laughs> in the U.S. It's Friday mornings. I started out calling it churches. I'm like, we need to have church in this thing. And I started doing it as a joke, <laughs> and then the name kind of stuck. And so we that's have an funny. hour of prayer together. Just so we have different groups from around the world leading prayer during that hour. And then we have a teaching hour. So we have an hour of teaching every week. Oh, good. And um, we're going to incorporate 10 days into the Global Family Prayer Room. And I think that'll actually be part of us. I mean, I think it's been great so far, but I think that that'll help us in that goal of building more of a common culture. Right. Um, which is, it's a moving target, right? It's it's hard to do that. Yeah. Um, especially 24-7 prayer, it spreads you out. Um, right by its very nature, but but I'm excited. I think having times like that where everyone kind of comes together 
and has a greater commitment in the prayer room is going to be exciting. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I'd love to get into how people can participate and that kind of thing. But before we do, I want to go back to something you said. You said 24-7 prayer is hard. So I'm curious, because it's hard, my question is, why are you doing it then if it's so hard? And that's a question that, you know, we've talked about day and night prayer a lot on this podcast, but, you know, we might have somebody new and still it's worth going there again and asking this question, why are you doing it if it's hard? You know, I mean, my first thought is, why would you want to do something that wasn't hard? (laughs) Actually, my first thought is just Jesus is worthy. You know, like that's come on, that's the motivating factor. Uh, He is worthy of worship, praise, and adoration twenty four seven. It's the culture of heaven. Yeah, and heaven is an atmosphere of twenty four seven worship and prayer and praise. So, on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah. Why not? You know, if we yeah. can have seven <laughs> elevens or whatever open twenty four seven, right? For convenience, surely we can minister to the Lord twenty four seven. Yeah. So I, I mean, yeah, I think why we're doing this specifically is there's a specific story I tried to tell and, and just timeline of God's calling. So there's like, this isn't just like, hey, this sounds like a good idea. Let's do this. But there's actually yeah. like a really sense, a real sense as I'm sure for many of these different things, of, okay, the Holy Spirit has led in a particular way. And so there's that, just that we're doing it out of obedience, you know, where where we feel like this is something God is saying right now, hey, this is what I want you guys to do. 24-7 prayer is a good idea in general, but this yeah. this kind of expression feels like it's right. We're right on time with 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 the Lord's timetable. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I was visiting the Global Family website before our call, and I saw that it mentioned the Moravians and and their sort of slogan, may the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. And uh, that, to me, is is what drove them to host 24-7 prayer for 125 years, if you know the Moravian story, and or over 125 years. I don't remember how long it was, but 24-7 prayer in Herrenhut, Germany for over 100 years, 125 years, something like that. And then to go sending missionaries out, going to the nations to share the gospel with people out of the place of 24-7 prayer. And their whole re- their whole motivation was, may the lamb receive the reward of his suffering. So that's, that's a great reason. <laughs> Jesus is worthy. Hey guys, this is Matthew. We'll get back to the episode in just a moment. If you're enjoying the podcast, Please consider joining Presence Pioneers Premium, our brand new subscriber community. Paid subscribers will get exclusive premium content, such as bonus podcast episodes, exclusive articles, early releases, and more. Presence Pioneers will be releasing its first e-course in 2024 with many more to come. And the Presence Pioneers Premium subscribers will always have full access to the entire library of online courses. Visit media.presencepioneers.org or click the link in the description to join today. You can become a premium member today for an introductory price of only $5 a month. When the price goes up in the future, as our library of resources grows, you can stay subscribed at the original price. If you've enjoyed our podcast for a while, becoming a premium member is a simple way 
for you to help us cover the cost of producing this podcast and partner with Presence Pioneers in equipping the church with resources for day and night prayer, prophetic worship, missions, and revival. Visit media.presencepioneers.org to sign up today. It's a great reason. And Jason Hubbard, who I mentioned earlier, the visionary and um, and founder, I mean, like when you hang out with Jason, like that's his heart. He's like, yeah. he is like Mor- a Moravian to the core. <laughs> and that's so awesome. That stuff is reflected on the website. And yeah. And so I know that's animating for for all of us and, and just for Jason in particular. It's like a unique revelation that he carries of, yeah. um, of that heart. Wow. That's awesome. I was when I was writing my book on David's Tabernacle, I was researching the Moravians a little bit and I f- came across a quote from basically a journal where they were talking about when they launched their 24/7 prayer watch and I didn't realize that they actually said in there that you could sing. They specifically mentioned singing and worship. Uh, so it was actually 24/7 prayer and worship. A lot of times you hear people talk about the Moravians and it was just prayer. But it actually, it basically says when you run out of things to pray for, you can also just praise God. (laughs) It's sort of like what it says, more or less. Uh, It's like, if you don't, if you run out of things to pray, just start worshiping, start singing, you know. And uh, so I didn't realize that Moravians were also a singing and praying people. But anyway, it's pretty cool. That is cool. Yeah. So there's not that much singing on Zoom. um, Yeah. Which is... (laughs) Singing's hard. <laughs> Music's hard on Zoom. Music's hard on Zoom. What we, what I've found is we just lean into verbal praise. Like right. we can just praise with, I mean, I, I love singing. I'm a musician as well, like you. And, you know, to me, that was part of the challenge of thinking about doing this on Zoom is we're going to miss yeah. what we, you know, when we're in person, we literally just do it all the time. We, even if we're praying, we will have music in the background how how is this going to work on Zoom? So there's different ways to do it, but mostly I've just seen people using like verbal praise, you know, yeah. like and worship, just exalting the Lord with their words, with their lips. Yeah. Um, or you That's can awesome. have one person sing at a time. It, it does work to have, yeah. you know, okay, this person's going to sing a song, but when you all try and sing together, it just sounds like total chaos. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you got latency by the time the signal gets to somebody and gets back, you've got this weird delay and it's it's <laughs> it's it's fun. <laughs> awesome. So so that's the why behind the global family. Jesus is worthy, Lord speaking, leading. Let's talk about how. How can people participate? How can people get involved with with what's going on there? Yeah. Um, you know, if you go to our website, it's globalfamily24-7prayer.org. You know, there's instructions there on how to join. Basically, you just fill out a simple registration. You'll get an email back that'll have the link and password on how to join. And then you're able to join the prayer room pretty much any time that you would like to. You can just log in, be a part of an hour. If you're interested in prayer leading, we do have openings from time to time as people are coming in, coming out. And so you can find instructions there on how to maybe be a part of that. So people can just jump in anytime, hop on, hop on Zoom and just join in any prayer you, meeting. You can join into any prayer meeting. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a schedule on the website. You can check out who's leading at what times. You can check out what oh, cool. language it's in. You know, I, yeah. I tend to 
pop in on, I don't know why I tend to pop in on the Korean hours for some reason, but nice. you just hear a group of people going for it from South Korea. Yeah. So yeah, cool. you can join anytime. It is, I think one, one thing that is helpful. And I think just in general in prayer, it's good to, to make it a party regular schedule. So, I mean, there's always, it's fun to be able to join spontaneously. Right. Um, and I think that's a great resource but it's great to make it a part of your schedule. Take a look on there, see, okay, which groups are maybe doing this regularly? Are there any people I know or am familiar with that I'd like to join? And I think of of all the things that are great about Global Family, there's probably two features that I think are awesome. One is it's participatory. So there's tons of streaming prayer online. Yeah. But this is something that's both 24-7 and it's participatory. So you can come in and not just watch someone else pray, but you can be part of a prayer meeting. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that element is really powerful. That's and then cool. The, the other element is it's global. And so you can really come and pray with your brothers and sisters around the globe, which is, you know, just amazing to be able That's to, awesome. you know, the time, effort, energy to get us all in the same space apart from this technology would be massive. But, you know, using this technology, we can, we can gather together from all over the world. Yeah, that's incredible. We'll be sure to link to the website in the show notes in the description of this episode so people can click through and and join in with the global family that's praying 24-7. That's amazing. Do you, do you suspect that this is just going to continue on indefinitely? So, yeah, we made a commitment for 2021. Yeah. My suspicion is that this is going to go on indefinitely and... Even if this particular expression stops, I think we're going to see a lot more expressions like this. I'm already aware of several other groups that are in the process of launching their own online prayer yeah. room. And so I think this is something, you know, just the technology's there. Yeah. And uh, I, I think, you know, it's, things are going to move forward on this. I'll just give a shout out too, to one of our partners, um, the Aqueduct Project. They actually host the Global Family 24-7 Prayer Room. And they're, they've kind of been pioneering online prayer spaces. They have multiple oh, cool. rooms that have online prayer. And so if you go to aqueductproject.org, you can, um, or just Google search Aqueduct Project, you can see some of their other offerings that they have. Uh, we really love working with them. And we're, we're trying to kind of cultivate multiple online prayer opportunities for people. Yeah, that's awesome. I have this idea, I wouldn't call it a vision from the Lord or anything, but this idea of virtual reality prayer room. So I, I don't, I don't ever use VR anything. So I've never, you know, <laughs> I, it's totally outside of my lane, but I, I could just, I'd imagine that that will be coming at some point where you, where you put on VR, virtual reality glasses and you feel like you're in the room and you see a band up front that's playing and people are praying or you're with other people. So it's a little weird. But I, w- I would I would bet that that's coming. Somebody's going to do that. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, I think Zoom is maybe the best video or, you know, other similar, like th- this, this format that we're talking in now. Um, yeah. You know, this is what we have now. But yeah, in 10 sure. years, maybe we'll, we'll, that'll be a reality or five years. I mean, yeah. I think that would definitely be cool to be able to yeah. um, have a sense of space and your surroundings as you're, yeah. as you're worshiping and praying together. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> so, all right. Well, man, this has been awesome. Hey, uh, would love to share you to just, you know, share a little bit about what's happening with 10 days as well beyond the global family. Just 
let people know what's happening 2021 with you guys. I know I think you've got some stuff coming up around the time of Pentecost, right? Right, right. Yeah, so 10 days 2021 we're we're looking forward to September 6th to 16th, which is the dates for this year and yeah, our our invitation is, you know, to people if you're if you feel called to be just a leader, mobilizer, we call them a city coordinator. Yeah. We're looking for people to take initiative in gathering the body of Christ in their area for a time of concerted prayer where people really stop normal life and enter into kind of an upper room type experience where we get to see and experience um, the John 17 unity of the body of Christ in a given area, in a, ge- in a geography. So where, the, where Christians come together Primarily to seek God, but also to love each other. To you know, c- can involve evangelism, any kind of good works um, during this time. Yeah. But a consecrated season, an upper room season. So our invitation is out there for that. We're excited to see what God does in the fall. Um, but as kind of a way to get there, we are doing another ten days Pentecost on Zoom. Part of it, we're going to partner with the Global Family Prayer Room, so it'll be in that same prayer space. Yeah. It's going to be 24-7 worship and prayer. And then we're going to have two hours each day of teaching and preaching. So it'll be really an equipping time as well. And uh, we're going to kind of just use that to launch us into the summer and launch us into a season of mobilization as we look towards the fall yeah. and getting cities involved in 10 days. Amazing. What are the dates of the of Pentecost this year, when, the 10 days leading up to that? Yeah, the dates are May 13th to the 23rd. Okay. I should mention, too, we're partnering with, like, so many different groups. I can't even keep track, but yeah, kind of a united effort called Hope for the Coming Harvest. It's folks in different missions and prayer organizations. IHOPKC, GO 2020 or 2021. And these are all focused on the time of Pentecost? Yeah, all focused on the time around Pentecost. Yeah, it's like yeah. The, the season from Easter to Pentecost. Right. There's all these different groups that are partnering together and have been collaborating kind of, okay, what are you guys doing? What? Are, how can we do this together? So it's been really yeah. cool to be a part of that as well. Yeah, awesome. So 10 days is the 10 days between... In the fall feast, the day help me with the 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 two feasts that it's oh, yeah, between. Yeah. It's the feast of trumpets and the day of atonement. Trump between trumpets and atonement, but it's also ten days were how was how long the disciples were up in the upper room leading up to Pentecost, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's right. That's right. So that so works well. So it works well exactly. Yeah, it's interesting. I, it's funny that just that coincidence or that that works that way. It's kind of it's been great. part of our DNA to always have a little spring, a little fall. Really, yeah. the focus is more on the fall, but the springtime we use almost as like an equipping time, you know, yeah. a, a point of engagement for people, not necessarily yeah. saying, hey, stop your city. We're just saying, right. hey, let's pray a little more than usual. Right. Let's get to let's know come each together. other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. So well, that's awesome. Well, we'll, uh, you know, Include the link to the 10 Days website and everything in the description, too, so people can uh, can connect with all of that. That's amazing. You got a lot going on, Jonathan. That's, that's some exciting stuff. Anything else you'd want to share before we wrap up here? Well, can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Do you want to tell me about this emerging prayer leader network group that you're a part of? <laughs> I would love to. Sure. Well, I had a... 
good friend of mine named Jonathan Frizz, <laughs> who, who reached out to me a while back, and uh, he was mentoring an emerging prayer leader of a, of a house of prayer that we, we both actually knew. Uh, he had been mentoring him in some ways. And uh, around the same time that you reached out to me, Jonathan, there was a number of things kind of happening where uh, people who were, you know, mostly young leaders who were launching prayer ministries or houses of prayer or just, you know, wanting to grow in their ministry, prayer ministry, started reaching out to me and it was kind of interesting. So there was a Facebook group that started and then there was a conversation with you. And uh, it was just a sense that God was wanting to begin to have some leaders like you and you and I, who have been leading these prayer ministries, (laughs) been involved in the prayer movement now for what, 15 plus years to begin to intentionally pour into the emerging generation of leaders, you know, those that are up and coming, primarily those who are younger, but even those who are just kind of fresh in their ministry leadership as well, uh, even if they're a bit older. And so, yeah, as we talked, it seemed like it was the Holy Spirit was was stirring in us to, to begin to do this together. And so we both kind of put together a, a handful of leaders that we thought might could receive, uh, want to engage and participate in, in a small group, basically on Zoom, that we could have some conversation and mentoring and, and mutual uh, strengthening. And the response was pretty much, as we prayed and reached out to some of these leaders, the response was uh, almost all of them, I believe, said, yes, we, w- we want this. We need this. We've been wanting this. We've been longing for this. So uh, we've been doing that now for, what, a month or so? And uh, it's been really, really amazing. What are some of the greatest stated needs that you sense from some of these emerging leaders? I like how this interview just swapped, <laughs> and now you're asking me questions. <laughs> I just this thought that awesome. would be fun. Sorry. I, no, this is great. It's great. <laughs> no, I mean, I think, you know, one of the things we, we touched on most recently is longevity. I think that was something they expressed. They said, we don't, we want to be able to do this long-term, how do we sustain what we're doing? How do we sustain our leadership and our life and our passion for the Lord? And, you know, I I would guess that, you know, they've seen people who have quit, you know, they've seen people who have given into moral failure, leaders and pastors, and and they want to know how to stay (laughs) and not quit. And to you know to do it for decades, and so we've been we've been having some some amazing amazing conversations around that, and I think we're gonna we're gonna continue to do that. Not that we've got all figured out, but we haven't quit yet, you and I. <laughs> and so that's <laughs> we're that's still success. sticking around. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got yeah. a ways to go though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've. How about you? I've I've loved. I've loved the times. You know, sometimes we we wrap up, and I'm like, I don't know what we just did, but I really liked it. Uh, <laughs> conversation is very lively. Um, yeah. You know, there's a sense of God's presence. Just uh, you know, just the joy of getting to know some of these guys. I think you know, as you mentioned, maybe on one of our first calls, is like, wow, it's just an honor to be in a room with people that are pursuing Jesus, just doing significant things in their areas, yeah. and um, it's exciting to see the potential of what could come out of their lives, you know, as they oh, yeah. continue to to follow Jesus. And so 
Yeah. I mean, it, it gives you a lot of hope for the prayer movement, you know, when you see emerging leaders that a lot of them, you know, people don't know who they are, but they're they're pioneering, you know, efforts to unite their city in prayer or to build a community, a worshiping, praying community. And they're really having a powerful impact, many of them, some of them in different levels, you know, of impact than others or different stages of their ministry. But it gives me a lot of hope that they're doing it, that they're wanting to do it, that they're wanting to grow, that they're wanting to have longevity in it. You know, uh, I think that's that's one of the things we desperately need is we need to see what has been birthed over the last 20 years sustained from generation to generation, not just sustained, but multiplied uh, even more so. And I think now what we're seeing is some of those who were profoundly impacted by what God's done the last 15 or 20 years in terms of calling people to day and night worship and prayer. God's now saying, hey, you've got to become fathers and mothers. Even if you feel young, you know, it's time to turn around and think about the next generation that's emerging. How can you sow into them or how can how can we see this thing multiplied? You know, Jesus spent his, you know, three and a half years sowing into his 12. How do you, you know, how do we follow the Jesus model to do that? Yeah, I'll be honest. Of all the things I could do and all the things I get to do in ministry, which it's all it's all good. It's all meaningful. But things like that where we get to invest in people one-on-one or in a small group setting, like for me, it's like the most enjoyable part of ministry. And uh, I can see why the Lord focused on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jesus, is, he was a smart guy. He was onto something. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, there's just, so, I mean, there's something so powerful about that life exchange that happens yeah. um, in that, in that kind of an intimate context and just the joy of seeing people, you know, it's just like your own kids. Like when you see them, you know, take their first step or hit that first hit in baseball or whatever, you know, there's such a joy of yes, seeing that growth. So for sure. Yeah. And I've just personally seen over the years to me, what seems to be the most substantial long-term fruit of my ministry has been when I've, it's been those people I've invested in more directly in that way, whether it's an individual or in a, in a smaller group or a team that I've been able to invest into that that to me is the fruit that I see. Okay. Years later there's there's still stuff that's that's manifesting because of that time together. So mm. so so valuable. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> any other any other questions for me, Jonathan? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I kinda kinda flip things there. So now I don't know what to do. I've confused myself. <laughs> no, that's, no, man, that's this awesome. has been really great. I, I just <laughs> yeah, want to say really I've loved uh, getting to partner with you mm. more more closely on that as well. That's been a huge thing too. And I think yeah. you and I and others kind of in our age and experience, it's almost like, like what you said, like there is this trajectory of the prayer movement. We've maybe been involved for, you know, 15 so years, whatever. And now there's, it's almost like, I feel like we're almost like an Isaac bridging generation, right? you know, between those who've come before and those who've come after. And it's just cool what we were talking about earlier, like the same theme has been resonating for the Lord for me of connecting with the younger generation, um, discipling the next generation. I've spent so much of my ministry kind of like reaching out and connecting with the older generation. And like now, not that I haven't worked with younger people, whatever, 
but there's been like this real sense of like the need to honor, the need to preserve. And so it's almost like I feel like we're in this in-between place of preserving this generational connection and preserving what God has done and then allowing that to even increase in these these upcoming leaders. Uh, so, anyway. yeah, that's amazing. So good. Well, awesome. We that was a that was a good little uh, what would you call it a PS to the end of uh, <laughs> the end of the episode there about the global family. That's great. Well, awesome. Thank you, Jonathan. It's been great having you on the podcast again. Yeah, Matthew. Thanks so much for having me. This is really fun. Enjoyed it. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Again, be sure to hit subscribe wherever you're tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode, please give it a share on social media. Send it to some of your friends, your family, those who are in your community. If you're on Apple, if you could leave us a review and a rating, that would really help us give some credibility and get the podcast out in front of more people. If you're on YouTube, give us that little thumbs up button. Leave us a comment. Anything you can do to help us would be great. We really appreciate it. Don't forget, God's presence changes everything.